Well, hello to everybody here this morning. How are you doing so far? Good? It is good to see you. Got a couple whistles. All right, for the 915, good whistling. Hey, if you are here and you are visiting, man, welcome. We are so glad that you're here. And if you're back, welcome back uh, to be with us. We're just so glad uh, that we're able to worship together in the name of Jesus. And for those of you watching online, whenever and wherever you're watching from, uh, glad you're taking advantage of that. Glad that you're with us today. Uh, and if you were here last week, uh, by the way, we, we publicly for the first time announced uh, that we are doing a completely online live service now on Sundays at 915 and 11. So uh, if you're not able to be here, if you're away, or if you want to invite somebody to check in uh, about who we are and what we're all about, you can watch live from the worship all the way to the end of the message. And I just want to let you know, last week it was a very soft push. We just kind of said it on Sunday morning. We had 163 households live with us last Sunday. I think that was amazing. And that, that's not even 163 people. That's probably more. That's like this whole side of the room uh, was tuning in live, which I think is amazing. And so for those of you watching, man, I, I'm so excited that you're taking advantage of that. You could do whatever you want on Sunday morning, but you're Choosing wherever you are live to be with us and worship with us and look into what God's word has to say. So I'm just so excited to see what God is going to do with that. We're just saying yes to God. And, and we talked about why we're doing this last week. So if you weren't here last week, tune in and, and check out uh, why and listen in on, on why we're doing that. Okay. So, hey, let's get to it this morning. If you have your Bibles here, go ahead and grab those and open them up to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians 2. We're in a series where we are looking at the afterlife and, and we're, we're asking questions about what happens when we die. Last week we started this uh, by looking at one minute after I die. What happens to me one minute after I pass away from this earth? And so we, we looked and talked about what happens to our bodies and, and what happens to our souls. And we also talked about uh, the judgment that happens to, those, to everybody who, who dies on this earth. There are judgments that happen. Just, just curious, uh, how many of you were here last week for that message? Just raise your hand if you were here last week. Okay, now listen. I hope you did not pick up smoking as a result of my first of my visual aid, okay? Like, I hope you didn't. Our girl Jean would say, "Just say no to the camels," okay? Okay, there she is. There's our there's our girl. Uh, I hope you didn't do that, all right? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just watch the message last week. You'll know what I'm talking about, okay? Uh, today we're going to continue. Today we're going to heaven, okay? We're going to go to heaven today. We'll talk about what heaven is all about. What's what's going on there? And, and next week we're going to hell, all right? Um, Actually, I'm not going. You're going to hell. Chad's got the message. I'm staying away from hell, all right? So you all are going to hell next week. Uh, and we're talking about this. This is really important. We're talking about this afterlife. We're looking into this because this is an incredibly important thing to know because whether you believe it or not, it does affect how you live, what, what you think about the afterlife. In fact, we, we have a, a, a sentence that we're actually going to be uh, using throughout the whole series. It's the bottom line of the whole series because we believe this is true no matter who you are and what you believe. Here it is because how I live today, it is absolutely determined by what I believe about forever. So, so for instance, if, if you believe that your life is an accident, you're a random bunch of particles that bounced around and ran into each other, then you really have no purpose. There really is no greater thing out there. If you believe that, it absolutely affects how you live right now because there's really nothing else to live for. There's, there's, no, you know, there's no truth. If there is no truth, then you might as well live like there's no consequences, that, that there's no standards. That, that's one thing. But... If you do believe that there is a God, if you do believe that there is a bigger picture, you're not just some random accident, then you will live for something else. You will live for a purpose. And what you believe about forever really is a determining factor in how you live today because you believe there's something greater out there than just what we have here. We talked about that last week because not only, if you believe that, not only does God save you, that you can't be saved without God. God sent his son Jesus to live and die for you, that his death uh, bought 
brought back your life, if, if, that he not only did that for you, but that there are also rewards. He wants to reward you for your faith here on this earth. And so my life here as a Christian, I'm not just saved, but my life matters. It really is dependent. There's a determining factor in how I live here if I believe what the Bible says. And, and this is why we're talking about all this stuff, and this is why we're talking about heaven. Right? Why talk about heaven? Why study this subject? Because I believe the same thing is true. You see, the more we understand about heaven, here's what I believe. The more excited we're going to be about it, and listen, the more motivated we're going to be to help other people get there with us in the name of Jesus. That's why we're going to talk about it today, okay? Now, there's a lot of questions. There are a lot of questions that people have about heaven. In fact, last week in my home group, we were talking, already talking about heaven and hell, and, and people were asking questions. We were talking about one minute after we died. So there are a lot of questions that people have uh, about heaven. So I thought I would start out by asking some questions uh, that people have about heaven before we get into the subject. So, so here's, here's a question that people ask. Will I get wings in heaven? If there's a buffalo wild wings, maybe, right? Like I don't, but uh, actually, the Bible, the Bible does, does say this, that we, we won't become angels uh, when we go to heaven. There's no wings that, that are attached to us in heaven. We actually will become, we have heavenly bodies. We will have new transformed bodies in heaven. And, and here's the thing, they're gonna look a lot like our bodies, but they're gonna be perfect without blemish. They're gonna be pure bodies. So a lot of you are asking, what, what does a heavenly body look like? Well, just think me. With, with more hair, okay? Like, I'm as close as you could get without hair, okay? Just think me. Uh, but, you know, but here's the, you know what I'm looking forward to? This is really, I was thinking about this. You know what I'm looking forward to with my new, my, I'm looking forward to my heavenly ankles because I'm telling you, they crack. Like, I can't sneak up on anybody. Like, I'm a walking popcorn popper. And uh, so, man, I just can't wait. I'll just be sneaking around in heaven. I can't, I'll just be sneaking up on everybody. That'll be my heaven with my heavenly ankles. My, it's a true story. My son uh, asked me every now and then, how's your pop, dad? And he's not talking about soda pop. He's talking about my ankles. And I'm like, they're the same son okay so no we will not get wings we're not going to be like heaven here's the next question well a lot of people ask this question will my pet uh be in heaven it depends Is, are you talking dog or cat like <laughs> now listen i'm not i have nothing against cats not one thing i have no bad thing to say about cats but you know this is true if you have both of those animals and you leave to go to work and then you immediately forget your wallet or something you come back in that dog is like it's like you've been gone for a month they're like where you been i love you so much i'll oh, stay here forever cats over there just like don't care cat don't care cats don't care okay Bible, the Bible does the Bible does talk about animals by the way there are going to be animals in heaven so it doesn't say whether our pets uh, are going to be there or not so we don't know but uh, I came across a, a story about Billy Graham he's one of the most famous evangelists of all time uh, and a little girl came up to Billy Graham and asked him hey uh, will, my, will my dog be in heaven and his response was so good he, here's what he said he said uh, listen if it will make you any happier then yes he'll be there so I think for some of you, man, you can hold on to a wider hope uh, about your pets. And for some of you, you know your dog's going straight to hell, okay? Like, you just know it and just let it go, okay? Like, you know, but some of you can hold on to a wider hope. Here's the next question. Um, will we be married in heaven? Some people ask that, like, well, what's the marriage like? Actually, the Bible uh, does say something about this. Uh, Jesus talks directly about marriage in Matthew chapter 22, uh, and he says that there is no marriage that happens in heaven. There's no marriages that go on. So, so right now, some of you are a little bummed out about that, and some of you have a little twinkle in your eye that shouldn't be there. I'm just like, just be careful, okay? Like, we're going to be talking about marriage here in a few months. You need to come and, and listen in on that, okay? So, but the, Now, this doesn't mean that, that we're not going to know each other intimately. I believe that we will know each other, and it doesn't mean to say that... that husbands and wives won't know each other a little bit more closely or not but but there is no marriage uh, in heaven there's no marriage in heaven 
Here's the next question. Will the heart be the only music in heaven? That's hell. Uh, so we're talking about that next week, okay? Like, the, just hold on. There's a, that, that is pure hell. Uh, so the, just come next Sunday. We'll talk about heart music. Uh, and here's the last question. Will heaven be boring? Will heaven be boring? You know, it's amazing to me how many people think that heaven is like going to be this, this nonstop church service and it's going to be this great big giant musical uh, where there's really just, that's all there is and there's no excitement, there's no adventure, like there's no nothing that's going on or there's no Pinterest or Facebook or anything. So how could it be that exciting, right? It's amazing how many people actually think about that. And, and so why do so many people think about that? Why do so many people think about, man, I don't know, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that exciting. I think two reasons why people think uh, about heaven and that it's not that exciting. One is I just don't think that we know what the Bible has to say about heaven because if you knew what the Bible had to say about it, you would never ever believe that it's not an exciting place to be. That's one, and we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. Not everything, but we're going to get a few of those things squashed today. And here's a second reason. I, I just believe that a lot of us are buying into the lies that Satan gives about heaven. I think we're buying into what's saying. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Just think about it. If I were God's enemy, I would be working on two things for you if I were the enemy of God. First thing, I would not want you to believe that hell is real, so don't worry about it. That's the I would say, nah, don't worry about it. We're all going to end up in the same place, so don't worry. Live it up here, and no consequences. That's the first thing that I would want you to buy into, and unfortunately, a lot of us buy into that. And here's the second thing. If I were God's enemy, I would want you to not think that heaven is that exciting, and it's not that great, and that everything awesome and everything amazing is right down here and not over there. Gag, I want to tell you something today, and we're going to learn a little bit today. Heaven is not boring. Heaven is not a boring place. In fact, heaven is the best place there ever will be. And ever we will never, ever think about anything better than when we're in heaven, okay? So let's get to it. Let's see what the Bible has to say about heaven. If you got your notes, uh, let's get going. So if you open up to 1 Corinthians 2, we're going to see what Paul says about heaven. This is where we're going to start. Here's what he says about heaven. He says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. This is where we're going to start with heaven, gang. We're going to start, we're going to get to Revelation 21 here in a little bit. That's one of the best places you can go about heaven. But here's what I'm going to tell you. We can look at what the entire Bible has to say about heaven, and Paul is telling us it still won't describe it. It ain't even going to be close. That we literally don't have the vocabulary. We don't even have the senses here to, in our being right here to actually describe what we'll experience there. That's a, just to sit in that and think about that is amazing right there by itself. That the goodness and the adventure there, the, the exuberance and the excitement, that the things we'll see, the sounds we'll hear, the tastes and the touches cannot be possibly understood here. That's what's waiting for us. That's what's waiting for us. So, so here's what I'm going to tell you, everybody. Listen, I'm not going to crush this message. Not even going to be close. I'm not going to come close to describing heaven today and i'm so glad for that i'm so glad because i'm i can't do it so i made a fail safe message if it's terrible because i can't do it anyways all right so so i win no matter what you know but but that's what it's that's where we're going to start we cannot describe it so get, let's get there if you have your bibles let's go to revelation 21 all right revelation 21 good i mean i love hearing the sounds of those bibles today you, you brought your bibles good revelation 21 and we're going to look into this letter uh, that, that John wrote. John wrote this letter. Uh, he was inspired by God to write it. It's the same John that wrote the book of John, uh, just talk, talking to us about Jesus, one of the four Gospels. But God actually inspired John to write this letter about the end uh, of the earth as we know it and Jesus coming back. And, and so he writes this letter. God told him to write this letter. And in chapter 21 in Revelation, uh, the, this angel like shows John a little glimpse of what heaven is all about. So today we're just going to look in uh, the first four verses. We're going to see four things 
things that heaven is going to be. So let's read verse 1. Here's what John says. He says, "Then I." and by the way, I'm, now listen, I might say Paul every now and then, and it's John who wrote this, but it's just Paul wrote so much of the New Testament that I'm always used to saying Paul, so if, don't email me. They're like, you don't know who wrote that. Okay, so it's just Paul wrote so much, I usually say Paul. All right, then John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. So what will heaven be like? If you're taking notes, the very first thing that we say heaven is like is that everything will be made new. It's all redone. It's all going to be refreshed, okay? So we see two things here uh, that John says. There's a new heaven and there's a new earth. So right away, before we get any further, I really feel like I need to say this is really simple to say. Uh, Heaven is a real place. Okay, everybody? Heaven is a real, it's not some mystical, like, place that we're all floating around and all that stuff. Because this is saying right here, there is a heaven and there is an earth. And so it's a real, I I say this because I just think some of us don't think it's a real place, but it's a real physical place where everything, listen, everything is made new for us and for God. And so the first new thing that John sees is a new heaven. So why, that's that's curious, isn't it? Why is there a new heaven? Is heaven broken? I didn't know that heaven was broken. So why does it have to be made new? So so here's uh, what's happening in heaven. And verse 2 will help us here in a second. Uh, don't jump there. Uh, we'll get there. Don't skip there, you cheaters. We'll get there in a second. So right now, stay in verse 1. So right now, as we are, heaven as it is, that is the current, in its current state, is where God lives, okay? Heaven right, and it's where anybody who dies who is a believer in Jesus Christ will go, okay, when they die. But it is not the final state of heaven. All right, Jesus talks about this. The Bible talks about it. It's not where we're going to be forever. We talked about this a little bit last week, so if you missed last week's message, uh, go listen to it. But there is a heaven that the Bible calls paradise. Jesus talks about it. He tells a thief on the cross who was dying next to him. He says, today you're going to be with me in paradise. So, uh, but there is going to be a forever uh, heaven when he returns and he brings heaven on earth, and, and we're all going to be made new, and then, but that hasn't happened yet. So, that, so there is a heaven as it is now. But after Jesus returns, here's what's going to happen. There is a transformation that's going to happen in heaven, and it will be remade. Okay, now here's what will help us kind of understand this about heaven. The Greek word uh, for new in here, uh, the new heaven and new earth, it's the same word that describes those of us who actually become Christians in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says uh, that the old has gone and the new has come, that we become a new creation. So, so it's still you, it's just that you've been renewed. So the same thing is going on there in heaven, okay? So that's the, that's the first thing that's new. Heaven's going to be restored, refreshed. It's going to be the final heaven that we're going to have and that's the first thing and then john says that he sees a new earth all right so so check this out this is really cool i don't know if you think about this a lot but heaven is going to be a perfect earth did you think did you know that? it's going to be a perfect earth that's what we need to understand all right so we're not floating around and, and stuff like that we, we're actually going to be uh, in a renewed sinless earth and we're going to be able to enjoy everything that that the earth has to offer in its perfect state so none of us know what that's going to be like but here's here's the question now is this earth is it the earth as we know it uh or is it a brand new like different earth right is it the exact earth that's just made new now here's the thing we, we're not sure we're not sure what we do know is that this earth is going to be burned up there's going to be like a it's going to be all burned up uh but we also know because this is saying there is going to be a new earth and here's what i believe what he's described is it's going to be like earth that's what we do know. It's going to be like earth. He would have used another word if it wasn't like earth. So I believe that we will be familiar with a lot of it, uh, but it will just be made right. It'll be made all 
right, okay? Uh, so no more traffic jams, right? No more I-64 construction. Can I get an amen? Like, you're just gonna be, you're gonna be driving 75 on that baby forever, right? Yeah, amen, right? Jesus, come now, right? Like, it's almost like no more I-64, come on now. Uh, you know, so that's, that's what it's gonna be like. Now, um, a lot of people wonder, you know, what else, you know, is there going to be sports there? Is there going to be running? Is there going to be parks there? Are there going to be stuff like that? Uh, and, and again, like, the Bible doesn't really go on to describe every single thing that will be there, but I believe, after studying this, I believe there will. Uh, I think what God made pleasurable here, he's giving a taste, uh, just a taste of, of what is going to be waiting for us there in heaven. And so there's going to be more adventure. I think there's going to be more things to do. I think it's going to be better than anything else we've ever experienced because it's all going to be finally right. There's nothing here that's all the way right. Just to think about that is amazing. So any activity that we do there, it's going to be right and sinless. It's going to be amazing. So we're just having glimpses of how great things are. And, and so if we back up to verse 1, I don't know if anybody knows that. So new heaven, new earth. Did anybody notice that it said the sea was no more? Anybody, look at anybody wonder about what that means? So like all my fishermen just died a little bit. They're like, wait a minute. Wait, no fishing? Like what's going on? What's happening in the ocean? Is there going to be water there? Uh, I see you, Rich. I know you're wondering. Uh, but like so we're wondering like what happens. So, so there's a few things uh, that as I study through here, first of all, there, there is water there. If you look in verse 6 in Revelation 21, and if you go to Revelation 22, verse 3 or 4, you're going to see that it does reference bodies of water. There's rivers and there's a lake. And so there is water and river there. So we know water is going to be there. Uh, but here's what I found out in my studies as I studied theologians and commentaries and stuff like it, this is debated by the way this is debated some do literally believe that there is no ocean there is no sea no you know they, they don't go on to say there's no beaches but some believe that but but here's what I've come to a conclusion on as I look the most likely what this is representing what John is seeing is the sea then represented this dangerous thing it represented uh, a couple things it represented what separated uh, cultures and nations and people so it separated land and what it's saying is that's no longer going to be separated anymore like no separation between cultures or people we're all going to be together and it also represented a, a something that threatened life that people were killed uh in the sea and so that's what he's getting at there's no more separation nothing like that everything's together i think there's still going to be water there we're not really sure but it's going to be so perfect we're not going to care but i just believe there is okay so heaven is this new thing earth is new so we're going to see this this is really new okay let's get to verse two verse two and i saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So here's the second thing if you're taking notes that heaven's going to be. Heaven will be stunning. It's going to be absolutely beautiful and stunning, okay? So let's get into this because John sees this city dropping out of heaven. Man, he just sees this city dropping out. And this in New York, this in Cincinnati. Get those thoughts out of your head of what this city looks like. It's not anything that you could think about. Uh, so let's check out how John describes this. And this helps us remember, this is a physical thing. This is a physical place that will be. So, uh, and this is another reason why. But here's how he describes it here in verse 12. This is the city and why I just think it's such a physical thing. He said, it has a great high wall with 12 gates. And at the gates, 12 angels. And on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of the son of Israel were inscribed. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations And on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb Okay, so we're seeing there's walls, there's gates, there's foundations It's a physical place, there's a physical place that we will have And then what, and, and so then like later on We don't have this up, up on the screen But he, he measures it, there's a measurement of this city And it's huge Here's the measurement of this city It's 1,500 miles long by 1,500 miles wide Listen, by 1,500 miles high It's a 1,500 cubic mile city I calculated that That's 3.4 billion cubic miles of a city I can't even wrap my brain around how big that And then he says a city 
just has this radiance. It's just, verse 18, he starts to describe this. Check this out. He says, the wall was built of jasper, right? While the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. Then he starts talking about what it was. The first was jasper, then the second sapphire, then the third agate, the fourth emerald. I don't know if I pronounced agate right. I just said it loud and proud. But that's one of the jewels. But they're all jewels that we still have today. Well, how do you say it? Agate? Agate? Agat? Anyways, but, and he goes on to describe 12 jewels that, that are on this city, that are fashioned all around the city. And the street of city was pure gold, like transparent glass. This, gang, listen to me. This was the best way that John could describe it. That, that he said, I'm going to take the most valuable things that we have that we know, and I'm going to try my, because he said it was like this. It was like this. He's like, I don't know how to describe it. I'm going to take the most valuable, precious things that we have. I don't know if this is what it really looked like. He's just trying his best to tell us. This is going, this is the heavenly, holy city. It, it's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. One of the questions that people ask is like, are there going to be other cities? You know, I don't know. Are there going to be other cities? Are there more cities? Is this the only city in heaven? Uh, I actually believe, I, the, the Bible is not clear on this, but I believe there will be more cities and towns uh, be, for a few reasons. Uh, one reason is the Bible doesn't clearly say, and the new Jerusalem is the only city that is in the new heaven. It doesn't say that. It just says it's the holy city. And just I'm thinking logically, which isn't sometimes a good idea to do, but I'm just thinking about this, that if it's 1,500 uh, cubic miles, uh, that there's all kinds of room on the new earth for other cities and towns like if you just look at north america i measured it's like 2600 miles by 1582 by itself so there's room for for more cities now the bible doesn't say that there are so we don't know but i'm just saying there's room uh that there will probably be uh more cities so um but what we do know well here's what we know just so far it's all new it's all new and it is going to be spectacular it's going to be stunning what we see all right verse three keeps going for the third thing we're going to see and then i heard a loud voice from the throne saying behold the dwelling place of god is with man he will dwell with them and they will be in his people and god himself will be with them as their god all right third thing and we don't even have to spend a whole lot of time on this because the statement says what it's going to be like god will be living with us God is going to be with us. You know what uh, stuck out to me in verse 3 is where the, the herald came out and said, Behold, like a loud voice comes out with this one because whenever you see a loud voice, it's announcing something. And we're already, like, everybody's in heaven, and there's this announcement. It's like, Listen up. Something's changing. I love this idea. Like, something is changing. And what's changing, gang, is how God interacts and is present with us. God won't just be close. Listen, He's going to be with us. He's not just close. He's with us. God is not going to just be felt. We can touch him. That's amazing. You know, um, I was thinking through this. I, it's just hard to wrap your head around. It's like hard to understand. Like I was, as I was writing this and I was thinking through this and studying this, the, like just this past week when I was writing this down, I felt like I had to stop for a second. I really did. It's almost like I felt this like stop. Just stop for a second. Stop writing. Stop writing. And just think about this. God is going to be with, you're going to be with God. So just try, try and take this in. As best as you can, it's almost hard. We will see God. We will see Him. That's crazy. That's crazy. Revelation 22, 3, I don't have it in there, but write that down. It says, The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. God's name on us is a seal, it's protection. We will be protected forever. Man. 
When God makes all things new, listen to me, he's gonna come to us and live with us and will let us see his face forever. That's like mic drop right there, isn't it? That's just like, what? Like, what? Because we feel God's presence here as believers, don't we? And he's just like, you don't even know what it's gonna be like. You have no idea what it's gonna be like to see my, man, it's gonna be awesome. All right, and here's what God does. Verse four, this is the fourth thing. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain any more. So, so as we think through this, one more truth about heaven, pain will be gone. Pain will be gone. You know, here, here's what I, as I was studying through this, and again, this is not even close to being exhausted. We can go so many other places to talk about heaven. But here, here, you know, it is amazing what we don't know about heaven. But I tell you, one of the things that describes heaven the most to me is what's not there. And, and here's what I want to, I'm going to talk through this just, just to think through. So I want you to think about this for a second. In heaven, in heaven, there will be no pain, no sorrow, no sickness, no more depression, no more anxiety, no more injustice, no more violence. There will be no more racism. There's just none of that is going to be there. Some of you here today, like you have headaches, recurring headaches. They're gone in the name of Jesus Christ. No more headaches. They're gone. Some of you have arthritis. No more. Never again. No more arthritis feeling in any, any part of your body. Some of you here, you're worried. You have worry. You're anxious about your job and about money and about your family and about your kids, and, and it's gone. It's about your health. It's never there again. It's never there. It's never going to be there. You know, the word uh, here for tear, where he will wipe every tear, uh, that's actually not a physical tear. It's symbolism for every pain and heartache. You know, some of you in here, and I know this, you haven't cried in a whole long time. But that doesn't mean that you haven't had pain or heartache. And listen to me, it's going to be removed in the name of Jesus Christ. No more. It will never be there again. No more cramps. No more whatever that weird rash thing is. Like, that's just gone. Like, it's just gone. You don't have to worry about that rash. Think about this. Think about this, everybody. You ever gone through uh, losing someone in this life and the pain that, that you have because of that? No more death ever again. No more B.O. That's, like, cured in the name of Jesus Christ. Like, you don't need deodorant in heaven. Like, it's just healed in the name of Jesus, right? <laughs> that's what I had to say that. Um, it's gone. I just think that's from hell. Uh, in heaven, in heaven, everything will be new. Everything will be new. Everything will be beautiful. We will be living with God, and, and there's no more hurt. There's no more hurt. This is what we can at least glean a little bit, just a little bit out of heaven, because gang, listen to me. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this? How do we, like, what do we respond to this? Two things that I want to challenge every single one of us to do. Here's the first thing that I want to challenge you to do is refocus my life. Like, I want us to really think about this. Here's what I want to ask. In view of these things that we just learned about heaven and in your own studies of what heaven's going to be like, what things, just think through this, what things do you need to refocus on to get back to what this amazing place will be in your forever? What do I got to do to refocus on that? Some of us, I'm just going to, as I was thinking through this, I really feel led to talk about this for a second. Some of you, some of us right here, I think you're clutching a little too much on this life here instead of just loosely living it because a lot of this stuff, you know this, it's not coming with you. It's not coming with you. I'm just, I feel a little led to, to say because if we're not careful, we're going to fall in love with this earth. And you, you know why you, you know why you love this earth? This is why. Because you believe that every treasure that you have is here on this earth. Everything, that's not true. 
It's not true. You love this stuff here too much. Jesus tells us this. He tells us how finite this is. He says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and, and where thieves break in and steal. Don't do that, but instead do this. Here's what he says. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Here's what I want to challenge every single one of us today. Every one of us as we think through this this week. And every home group that's meeting here, I want to challenge you to ask this question. In light of this, how, what do we do? What are some things that we could practically do, not just theorize this, what are things that we can actually do in our everyday lives to leverage everything we got for heaven? Like, what can I do with my job or my car or my, or my house or, or my kid's soccer league or travel league or whatever league that they're in? How can I use this stuff and leverage it for heaven? So we refocus on heaven the first thing that we do. Here's the second thing that we do. Renew. I need to renew my commitment. Here's what Peter says. Here's what, this is what Peter says right here. He says, but we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth he's promised. I don't know. I am. I am. I really am. A world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you're waiting for this, while you're anticipating this, here's what I want you to do. Make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in a sight. I want to tell you something about this right here, right? What we just said, it's impossible to do on your own. Do you know that? Like, it's impossible to find peace on your own. It's impossible to live pure on your own. You cannot live a blameless life on your own. Some of you here know that. And you've actually surrendered your life over to Jesus Christ because of that. Because you know why Jesus came? He came to make you right with God. He came to bring peace to your life. And, and some of you that this morning, you don't know that. You don't know that truth. You, haven't, you do not believe in Jesus like we do. And we want to invite you to just take that step and believe what he says. You need to receive this free gift that God gives you in Jesus. You can do that today. You can make Jesus Lord of your life today because that can't happen unless you, that's the only way that you can be made right and have peace in your life. The Bible says this. He says, if you confess your sin, it's just so straightly clear. If you confess your sin and you accept that Jesus is the son of God, that he came to live and die for you, that his death exchanged your life, and you believe that God raised him from the dead, if you, if you accept that and say that and believe that and confess your sin, you will be saved. I want to invite you to do that if you've never done that. I want you to know that heaven's real and it's a place that he's prepared for you, but you have to accept this gift. So some of you need to do that today. And some of you here, some of you here, you need to just renew your commitment to God. It's not that you don't know him. You know him. It's not a question of whether you love him or not, but it's just you've been a little in and out with him. You've been a little less intentional. And if you were honest, like you're a little further away from God than you would ever want to admit. And, and it's, not, it's not intentional. It's just happened. And, and, you know, maybe in light of heaven, that's where you are, a little distant from God in light of heaven where you're just like, man, I need to come back to him. I need to get more focused on that. But maybe just, maybe for some of you, it's just that you're further from him and you don't know why, but you are and you're distant from him. And, 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 and what I'm saying right now, you feel what I'm saying right now. I don't even have to explain it anymore. You're just distant from him and you feel it. So you can just make a new commitment to God today. How about that? How about that? You know, one of the favorite things that I love praying uh, most days is Lamentations 3. Man, I love the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Man, his mercies are new every morning. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I love that. I love thinking through that. They never stop. They never fail. His mercies are new every day. So here's what I want to tell you. Uh, the Bible says that no matter how far away from God you are, God is always near to you. Do you know that? 
No matter how far you feel, God is always near. You just need to come back to him. You can come to him if you already know him. He's waiting for you. His mercies are new for you every single day. He's drawing you to him. So talk to him. Confess to him. Say, man, I haven't been intentional. I'm not thinking about heaven. I need to make a new commitment. I need to refocus my life on you. God, forgive me for that. I want to give you my life again because I've already, you've already got it. And I just want to make a new commitment to you. So that's what I want to f- focus on today. So I want to close this morning uh, with singing a song. I want to sing one more song this morning. But if, if I would, could ask all of you to stand, uh, if, if all of you could stand, uh, we're going to close worship. worship. But I want to end uh, with something that Jesus says because I just think it's so powerful. I just think it's so amazing. Here's, here's what Jesus says about heaven, everybody. Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything's ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I'm going. And I love this because this is Thomas. This is so many of us. No, we don't know. We don't know, Lord, where, where you are, Thomas said. But here's, we, we have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way Jesus told him this? Jesus tells you this. He tells me this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And here's what he says in the last book of the Bible. He says, look. I'm coming soon. I'm coming. Bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of life. God, we love you. We believe that you have prepared a place for us, for those who love you. We love you. We come into this understanding of what heaven is going to be, but it's only a taste. We don't know what it's going to be like, but we know it's going to be amazing. We know it's going to be spectacular. We know that you will live with us, and we know that all the pain and hurt is going to be gone. And I pray for those who don't know you here that they come to a realization that this is real and that they need to set their hearts on you and surrender their lives over to you. I pray the Holy Spirit, you just work in them right now so that they can surrender their lives and turn them over to you. And for those of us who believe, just let us live for heaven and not for the day. Don't let us clutch on to this earth here. Let us loosely just have it so that we know that we're just leveraging this for the glory of heaven that we'll be in together. We love you and pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, church, we're going to celebrate our way out of here today. So we're going to need your help. Hands like this. Come on. This world is not what it was meant to be. All this pain, all this suffering. There's a better place waiting.
Come on, let's praise God one more time. Knowing where our home is, knowing where forever is, it's not here on this place. There is a forever place, everybody. And it's more glorious and amazing than you can ever imagine. I just want you to remember that. Not just today, not just this week, but for the rest of your life. And for people who you know that aren't there yet, man, just to be praying and saying, God, help me to remember and leverage this for everything I got here. Because, man, I know where I'm going, but, man, maybe somebody I know is not. So give us a heart for that, man. Right? So, but we do have heaven waiting for us, and this is going to be an amazing place. So uh, this concludes our service, and I, and I really I do hope and pray for those of you who have not yet made the decision, but maybe you did make a decision for Christ to say, man, I'm going to surrender my life over to him. If you did make that decision, I want to welcome you into the community of faith, first of all. I want to praise God that you made that decision today, and we want to welcome you in. We are so glad you made that decision today. Listen, we're going to be baptizing people in March, and you got to get baptized. May take that step. That's the first step of obedience is getting baptized. It's going to be amazing. Don't miss that out. Don't miss out on that. Fill out a Connect card uh, that you prayed to receive Christ and you want to get baptized. We want to talk to you, and I would love to touch base with you. For everybody else, let's go out there and leverage this life, right? Amen? All right, we'll see you next week. We'll talk about hell, okay? That was a weird way to end. See ya. <laughs>